It's episode 18 of the Beacon Street Buzz, and we keep showing up towards the end of the year, just like BC Birdball's been doing the whole season. Coming off a huge series sweep of UNC, the Buzz chatted with second baseman Patrick Roche to recap the Eagles' season so far, look ahead to a remaining schedule, and delve behind the scenes of how Mike Gambino's boys have experienced their great success this year. We learned some of the best nicknames on the team, and that this team has some dogs at MLB The Show. All that and more as we wind down and Burball gears up for a postseason run. Let's get buzzing. Episode 18, Beacon Morning Edition. We've got Nick, Jimmy, and Noah here. We have a very special guest from a very special team this year. He's a sixth-ranked player in Massachusetts, hailing from Milton, who's an alum of D.C. High. And this year is a junior infielder for 11-ranked D.C. Birdball. In 136 at-bats, has batted 301, with three dingers, 29 ribbies, and an 846 OPS. Mr. Pat Roche. Welcome to the Buzz. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for being here. And like we said, Bird Ball's having its best season today. You guys are twenty-eight and twelve. And just for reference, I don't know if you—I mean, you definitely knew this—but you guys were nineteen and thirty-four last year. Like that's a huge difference. Yeah, it wasn't and, wasn't a very fun year last year, no. but glad we turned it around a little yeah, bit. But yeah, yeah, you're having a lot more fun this year. But what's been the biggest contribution to your guys' success this year? Um, I think, well, last year we had the new hitting coach and pitching coach, Tyler Holt and Kevin Vance, and I think it was just a little bit of a uh, little bit of growing pains with them just because, like, nobody had really done the things that they were teaching us to do and stuff like that, and they're, they had kind of brought a new attitude to B- BC baseball. Um, and I think that's definitely helped us a lot because, like, Tyler Holt went to Florida State. They, he knows how to make a regional. Kevin Vance, they, he, he played at UConn. They went to Supers. Both Tyler Holt's a big leaguer. Um, Kevin Vance almost was a big leaguer, uh, but they all they know how to win, and they came in with the idea of just turning BC baseball around and kind of getting us to that point that they experienced in college baseball. And I think now that it's their second year and everybody's had that one year of learning what they had to teach, I think it's kind of starting to stick a little bit. You guys have uh, probably one of the best offenses in the country. You know, you're a big part of that. I don't know if you know, but <laughs> Um, one thing you guys have been really good at this year has been coming back from deficits, especially scoring uh, runs in large bunches. Do you think you guys have a different approach when you guys go down that allows you to score so many runs? Um, I think a big thing for us, um, especially with a lot of kids who are in the lineup every day experiencing last year's season, um, we kind of know what it feels like to lose a lot of those games and not be able to come back. And... A big thing that Coach Gambino talks about is like early on in the game doing anything we can to find ways to score runs because this year we haven't been the team that's going to go up like hit six home runs in a game and just win like that or have someone go double-double score a run. Um, we get guys on first base, we move them over, we situationally hit, hit sack flies, bunt, and uh, stuff like that. And then that allows for someone at the end of the game to go big fly like – at UNC was a prime example of that. Like, I think we went walk, single walk, and then Leary hits the grand slam. Like, that's just the type of offense that we are. Like, we make we make it hard for the opposing pitchers to just cruise through innings, even if we have a quick inning. It's barrel, 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 or like five pitch at bat, eight pitch at bat. Like, you're not gonna just go eight pitches in an inning and get three outs. Like, we're gonna we're gonna grind at bats. We're gonna put balls in play and put pressure on the other team and that just opens it up for him to hang that one change up to Leary that he goes deep on. Like That's just the way we've been this year, and that's kind of how we've been able to come back from stuff like that. Oh, uh, yeah, so I know before the show and right now you were talking about the UNC series. Do you have a favorite series of the season so far that you think kind of like encapsulate what this team's about? Yeah, I think, um, I think the UConn series, I mean the – UNC series probably is 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 that because we lost we got swept by Louisville lost by like five combined runs or something like that um and then lost Friday to Duke B 
beat Duke on Saturday, coming back from six to one or something like that on one Boston day where we like broke the record for attendance or something like that. And um, that was kind of just feeding off of the energy from all the fans, feeding off the energy from the dugout, and we kind of just came together as a team to win that game and then had a tough loss on Sunday to them. But I think after the UConn game when we got mercy rolled in the midweek, um, we kind of all came together and stayed after the game in the locker room, and our leadership kind of took over and was like, guys, we're not – we don't have the same feel as we did the first six weeks. We aren't having as much fun. We're kind of getting a little too individual, not team, not like focusing on like the team and stuff like that. And then we all kind of just put how we were feeling after that loss out in the out in the open air, and then came together and then went to UNC and won our first first, second, and third game ever at UNC. So I think that just was a big, big thing for us. Going back to that Saturday at Duke that was an electric game I was on that game and like you could tell that no one was getting up from where they were even when you guys like I think it was what six runs they had in the yeah. fourth inning like you guys come right back and nine six win like you had to get the chills on that day yeah. wearing the marathon jerseys like and then I think it was ten it was ten years to the day mm-hmm. of the, the bombing but just an epic game and an epic day yeah um those uniforms you, you we came out of the locker wearing those uniforms you just had a different feel kind of um I mean the Red Sox wear them Everybody remembers David Ortiz's uh, quote after the bombing happened. And, like, me being from Milton, like, I know a lot of kids that were affected by the bombing and they they had a tough time after. So just seeing Mr. Evans throw out the first pitch and then we have the moment of silence. And then you look up on the hill and there's a thousand people and you look up I in the stands. I love that every game. Everyone just gathers up on yeah, the Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you look up in the stands and there's not an empty seat. You can't really, like... It doesn't take our game. I don't even think Gambino said anything before the game. He pretty much was like, "If you can't get up for this one, I don't know what what, what you can get up for." It was just it was a crazy day. Uh, I want to go back kind of a while ago, but um, can you tell us about just uh, going down to uh, Tennessee, Knoxville, about that game? Because I know that's uh, always a tough team to play, and they're an interesting group of guys to face. Yeah. So that game, we came off of. Kennesaw State, which was our first, my first sweep here ever, um, sweeping a weekend, um, and then that was just a, that was the spring break trip. So we go, we leave the Thursday before spring break, and then we're just on the road for however many twelve days it was, and we're like switching up hotels, switching roommates in the hotels. So it's kind of like where you really come together as a team a little bit. Um, just because you're like rooming with new guys and stuff like that and taking bus trips and all that kind of stuff. So going into Tennessee, we were hot, but Gambino was saying that we're not hot. We're, what we're doing is repeatable because, like I said, we weren't hitting a million home runs. We weren't like scoring 15 runs a game. We were just playing good baseball. And he said, like, these Tennessee guys – the biggest thing is that they don't like playing close games. Their their MO is blow teams out, hit a million home runs. And if we just played clean baseball, then he's like, there's no doubt in my mind we can win this game. And we kind of all took that mentality. And obviously that game we ended up hitting a million home runs, but uh, it kind of came from just having the, the mentality of playing good baseball, playing good defense, and seeing what the offense can do and uh, not feeding into the – the chirpiness, I guess you could say, of the other team. Yeah, so for us, uh, we all play and we'll be the show. So we have, uh, we like swings a lot and we like hitting bombs. My question for you is do you have a favorite swing on the team? If it's you, you can say you, but do you have uh, a It's definitely not me. I'm more of a gritty, not pretty guy. But uh, Cam Leary's swing is pretty crazy. He is like the craziest hands I've ever seen. Um, Travis Honeyman, his two strikes, he can just foul like stupid pitches off it just makes no sense to me some of the pitches he fouls off um but my favorite person to watch take bp is probably vetrano just because he puts balls on a foster every time he <laughs> every time he hits it you got, uh going back to sort of that road trip to start the year what was the game was it the tennessee game or another game where you guys were like okay we're special this team is is different than any other bc team yeah um the tennessee game was I mean that was that was just a different feel after because like playing summer ball you play with SEC kids you play with kids who 
who went to Tennessee and transferred out, stuff like that. And, like, I went on my phone, and it was just absurd. <laughs> like, I had texts from kids I hadn't talked to in four or five years, just like, yeah, like, F the Vols. Like, <laughs> thank you guys so much. Like, I never really realized how much, like, the way that they played. Like, obviously it works for them, and, like, that's good. Like, if I mean, if you're on Tennessee, you probably love it, but you don't love it if you're playing against them. And uh, we definitely felt like we took down a giant that day just because of the amount of people who were so happy that we beat them. Um, and then also, like, just the fact that it was just the proof that we could be a top-five team in the in the country. Like, obviously, we know the goal at that point was to just to make the ACC tournament because it's the first step in the postseason. But um, winning that game we were kind of like, damn, like we might be ranked next week. And then also going into Virginia Tech, we were like, it was kind of our first true test of like, we've been playing a lot of mid-major teams, like Kennesaw State's a great mid-major team, but we knew that in order to be successful, we were going to have to beat Power 5 teams that were top 20, top 15 in the country. And beating Tennessee, we were like, all right, we're kind, we're here now. And Gambino said that after the game, he was like, I've always believed in you guys. And if, if you didn't believe, like, you better start because we just beat Tennessee on the road. Like, that was pretty cool. You, you like in the – do you have two more games in that series? You think maybe it, you beat them? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's different on a weekend. I mean, we didn't face Dahlander or Burns, but who yeah, were, but like, I mean, sitting 100. But they also didn't face Flinney and Leak and exactly, Roman. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah, uh, I was saying it would be hilarious be if uh, if we kept it going and hosted a regional and they did come here. They'd they'd probably be pretty surprised about that. So that would be yeah. that would be something special if if they came here for a regional. Speaking yeah. of Flynn, he's a stud. Yeah, that he's guy, that guy he's a throw. dog. Flynn, a dog. I played with him in uh, in the NECBL this summer, and um, kind of just became friends with him. And he was getting recruited by a couple other schools for his. I don't know. I think it might be his sixth year. He's pretty old, but <laughs> uh, but he was saying he was like, "I want to play real baseball," and I was like, "Well, you're not going to play real baseball if you don't come to BC and play in the ACC." There so, you so you're responsible. You're responsible. I helped. I'm not responsible. I helped. I, I think you did. I, <laughs> I would take credit for that. Yeah, I'm going to take credit for it. Yeah, he's what was, uh, what was his? his he had he was below at one, one point, at one like point. Deep part yeah, of when season, we were in like when we were at V Tech, he was sub one still. Through four starts, which, which was absurd. I mean, absurd. I mean, he had a little bump at Louisville, but like that happens. Um, but like every time he gets on the mound, it's like we get him a run, we're gonna win the game. Forget so yeah. that's pretty special to have on a Saturday, especially because like our first couple of series, we our first couple of series we lost Friday night pretty pretty handedly. So um, having that like guy on Saturday to just like reset it and be like. Guys, we're better. It, like when we watch P- Flinny pitch, it's like we're better than than this team because it's like he just soft contact strikeout, soft contact strikeout. Like they hit a double, he's gonna just strike out the next guy. Like it's pretty absurd, honestly, how comfortable you are in the field, and it's something that I've honestly never really experienced. Um, obviously, we've had guys that I've played behind that that are gonna let up a couple runs, and we know if we get four or five, we're gonna be fine. But I honestly feel comfortable with two or three with Flinny, which is pretty crazy. It's like ha- it's like having an ace, and you do, you put him on the bump, and it's, it's not like having it's all, an ace. It's automatic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is having exactly. an ace. Exactly, exactly. And then we have Roman and and Jr. and Schroeder out of the pen, and it's like, damn, we're, we might be pretty special. Who's the, who's the guy we, who has the who has the filthy breaking ball, <laughs> the filthy curveball that we? I think it is it Roman. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you got to be more specific than that. Yeah, there's one. Did, it's um. Is Roman Roman throw? Roman's no. sinker slider. slider. Joey exactly. Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan's yeah. got a nasty. He has the. 30. He throws a splitter, and it's like, like someone made like some spreadsheet with the best like metric pitches in the college baseball and it was like number 16 in off college baseball. Dudes, I believe it. Dudes look foolish. They don't like this. it's awesome too cuz he's like 93 95 so he'll throw the lead out the first guy in the inning he'll throw him five splitters strike out and then the next guy comes up sit and splitter and he's 95 on the hands and it's like like face a JR in the fall was absurd. <laughs> like I honestly there was a couple of times where like I'm just not going to swing. Like it's, it's <laughs> 
I don't want to get fisted because it's 20 degrees outside, and I don't want to look stupid swinging over a splitter in the dirt. So he's pretty nasty. And, I mean, having our starters give us – I mean, West, Leak, and Flinney give us four, five, six, under five runs every game. It's like we we score five runs. They're not going to score from six to nine because we got Schroeder, Murph, JR, Roman. It's like – and Roman and Jr. and Schroeder are pitching twice a weekend now, which is something we've yeah. never had. Like it's absurd, it, and it's, we're very lucky to have the bullpen that we have for sure. Speaking of pitches here, um, if you had one pitch, where would you want it? What would you want it to be? Uh, I'm definitely a fastball hitting guy. Um, probably a little bit up in the zone. Um, probably like just like middle away a little bit. And that that pitch, like, usually when I'm when I'm going well, I hit that pitch in the right center gap for a double. But then, when I'm like really dialed in, I can get the head out a little bit and pull it for a homer. So, um, my approach has always been just fastball away and react in, which is tough when they're throwing 95, 96. But um, I just I think if if I sit on, if I try and hit the inside pitch before, like if I'm thinking about the inside pitch, then everything in my swing goes out of whack. So I got to set up a way and then adjust to everything else. See, speaking of um, home runs, I mean, Nick, I can't remember which game we did, but you had one. I think I think it was the big one, the big win against Georgia Tech. But you yeah. had one that was a sky high. And yeah, was like looking at it, he's like he couldn't even see it. It's yeah, like, it's gone. It's like and then yeah, gets out. Oh, yeah, and, and, the, uh, yeah the, and the left fielder is like going, it's like dropping back. Like it looked yeah. like it was gonna go foul, ball. and it just kept going. Yeah, <laughs> it was, that was a that bat was probably one of my best at bats of the year. It was, I think it was a three-two count, and I had fouled off like three or four pitches. I think it was probably yeah, like a yeah. seven or eight pitch at bat, and he kind of just went fastball in, and I was. At that point, he could have thrown any pitch, and like I was kind of just selling out. It was a fastball, and it was he was it was a really good pitch. It was pretty pretty inside, and I kind of just turned on it and just got it up. <laughs> Did in you the know air. it as soon as you hit it? Uh, when I hit it, I was like, "Damn, I hit that pretty hard." But then I looked up and saw how high it was, and knowing the Harry V, it doesn't really go out if you get it up in the air that that high. So, uh, but that day the wind was blowing blowing my direction for sure. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about lastly, kind of the schedule, who you've played so far, you know, who's kind of coming up next. You guys are 28 and 12, and you've played like, I want to say, what is it, nine top 25 teams? Like, you've had, yeah, you've had six series, like I think, five or six series against mm-hmm. top 25, and then you've played Tennessee, you played UConn. Like, you guys have had a ridiculous schedule. You have Wake Forest coming up. Like, how does it feel to play in the ACC? Like, your your games are just always, like, tough opponent. It's tough opponent after tough opponent. There's really no breaks once you get past, like, the first mid-regionals you talked about. Like, how has yeah. it been, like, trying to just stay in every single game when you're playing? You know, you look on the schedule next week, oh, top 10 team. Like, yeah. Um, the biggest thing that we talk about is the next game is the most important one. Like, I mean, obviously, after coming off a sweep at UNC, um, playing UMass Lowell at home, when it's cold out is not like the ideal situation. But I mean, if we lose that game, it hurts our RPI, it hurts our chances of hosting a regional. So we kind of take like the midweeks as a more business-like approach and just like handle our business. We're better than these guys. Like we gotta just like execute, beat them and then move on. Um, but then going into weekends, I mean, it's crazy looking at like, like in July, I was sitting on my couch Last year, watching the draft, and I'm like, I think every Friday night starter in the AC just got drafted. Like, it's pretty crazy watching, like, those guys um, and just, like, how their career goes after just facing all of them. But, um, I mean, every every weekend in the ACC is a regional pretty much uh, or, like, a super regional. Like, we lose to Louisville by one run three games in a row. It's like our, the message after the game is pretty much just, like, I mean, you just lost to a, two teams that could be in Omaha going at it, like, and they lost by one. It was decided by one run, like, it just, stuff like that happens. Um, I think the biggest thing is like the mo of of success in ACC SEC is 15 wins in conference and handle your business midweek, and you're gonna. You guys, be, are, you guys are almost there with the conference yeah. wins. You guys are 12 right now. Yeah, so that's pretty much like 
if you if you go 500 in conference and handle your business in the midweek, you can you're most likely going to host or you're definitely you're definitely going to get in that large you most likely you're going to host and that was kind of our goal was it was more looking at the ACC games and just tallying wins just tallying as many as possible because like early on when we were doing so well it was like that was the reason why we can get swept by Louisville we could lose to Duke at home because we kind of gave ourselves a little buffer just starting off so well um, I think the biggest thing is honestly just like just playing the type of baseball that we play over a course of a 30-game ACC schedule. If we can get 30 games of our baseball, which is really hard to do, like obviously you're going to lay an egg every once in a while. We're college kids. Like Flynn going to get shelled one time. Um, our offense is going to not score a run. Like It's going to happen. Um, but just getting – our standard of baseball in as many of the 30 games as possible and then seeing what happens is pretty much how we approach it just because it's it's a gauntlet and like nobody like I mean you're not going to go 30 you know in the ACC it's not going to happen so a little from on the field to off the field are you guys a a superstitious team do you do like kangaroo courts and stuff like that (laughs) so we did kangaroo court I live on, on on five Radnor and off campus and uh we did kangaroo court within our house for a little bit, but it was more just like kind of recap the weekend, like whoever did something stupid, like find them 50 cents and then we'll talk about it again and laugh. But, um, I mean, everybody has like their own thing. Like if you watch Honeyman, he, he's like borderline, uh, borderline pitch timer violation every time he goes <laughs> up to the plate. We we can't see from where we are on the booth. Yeah, we can't see the like pitch clock. clock. Like, is it is it behind the? Plate? I don't even know. Yeah. I honestly Someone, don't someone's even got know. it in the stands. I, the, the umpire <laughs> has one, but I don't know. We in the fall we had one behind home yeah. plate, but I don't even think it's there Do anymore. You, have you got one yet this year? Um, I haven't. Honeyman has, I think, and Burns has, but I haven't. And then we've had a couple on offense. I mean, on defense, but. It, like it, it, the only way it affected me really was the first couple of weeks. I always felt so rushed, like in the box, um, and my numbers probably reflect that early on. But once I got used to it, I kind of just had to like change up my routine a little bit. And uh, like I'm a big like breathe in between pitches, talk to yourself in between pitches kind of guy. So I kind of just had to speed that process up a little bit. Um, but superstition wise, like we all do. Um, we break it down to the same stuff every time, which is different for hitters and pitchers. Uh, we all so like at UNC or against UConn, we knelt for the team prayer, and we lost. So then Friday at UNC, we stood up, and then we won. So we stood Saturday, stood Sunday, stood last night. So we'll stand on Friday, and then um, yeah, <laughs> laying your stomach. I have to sit, and for uh, the anthem, it goes. Me, Vetrano, Honeyman. No, me, Honeyman, Vetrano, and then the coaching staff. And then after it, I say my little prayer. And then as I walk into the dugout, Honeyman always says, play hard, have fun, Rochi. But, like, we have fun with it. So, like, sometimes he'll, like, not say it. And I'll, like, wait to go in the dugout till he says it and stuff like that. But um, it's just little things like that that you have with, like, your guys on the team. I give Brad Lombardi a pregame hug every time before every game. Uh, Barry punches me in the back before we go out in the field to get the blood flowing a little bit. You get, but. you've been numbered on you. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. yeah. But we just, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, we have, we have fun with it. Um, there's nothing really too crazy though. I don't think I'm trying to think of someone who has something crazy. There's not really anything too. Flinny's kind of crazy before he starts. You can't really talk to him before he starts. <laughs> He's AirPods, like AirPods, yeah. yeah, he's AirPods in, locked, locked in, in, like, before BP even starts. Like, I'll try and give him some, some like, jokes or whatever, make fun of him when he shows up just to, and he's just, like, walks right in. I'm like, all right, talk is, to you after the game. Is he, like, uh, like, you know, like, Max Scherzer in that way where he'll, like, he'll come, he'll come into the dugout after an inning and he'll just, like, he'll, like, either, like, just walk around and say nothing or, like, just not say anything to anyone? Yeah, so he's a big, uh... He's kind of like, he's a, I think he's a big like blackout after last out kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So like, like obviously when 
he has like a clean inning. He'll do like his little swagger kind of modified Conor McGregor walk off the mound. Um, but like, I mean, I've I remember at Virginia Tech, and even in Kennesaw. Kennesaw, he got warned. I think um, he had two back-to-back innings, second and third, less than two outs, and then got strikeouts to end both innings and he came off like buzzing (laughs) and we were all like like that was kind of something that that was a big thing that we noticed among college baseball teams like Tennessee and stuff like like the successful teams like everybody plays with we talk about playing with energy not emotion so like when you're locked in you want to have like energy and enthusiasm for what you're doing but playing with emotion you're kind of like like, you'll throw a ball and, like, you'll feel it. But if your energy, you throw a ball, you're like, all right, give me it back. I'm going to throw a strike this time. And I think he pitches with so much energy that when he gets that last strike, that last pop-up, that last ground ball, that's when the emotion, it switches from energy to emotion. And he just, like, loses himself a little bit. And it kind of, it just fires up, like, our dugout, like, our dugout feeds off of it. All of us as defenders feed off of it. And, like, there's been a couple of times where it's been 0-0 zero, zero into the fifth or sixth, and we have funny on the mound, and it's like, this kid's carried us so much, we owe it to him to put up a run right now. And then everybody's at-bats get that much better. Everybody's that much lo- more locked in. And it's just kind of a, a difference maker that we haven't had in the past, which is unbelievable. Uh, yeah, so we're on the topic of pitching right now. We have a, a question on here that I wanted to ask. It's what defender do you think could throw the hardest that's not a pitcher? Um, Honeyman's kind of got a hose. He says that he could go up to like 93 on the mound, um, which I honestly could probably see him doing, but um, I haven't seen him get off the mound. Uh, Owen DeShazo is a freshman. He's got an absolute hose. Um, he's got a really good arm. Uh, Hackett kind of, he's another freshman. He's got a hose too. Um, but like, I mean, my arm's like average. Uh, Samini got Tommy John. Um, Wang just kind of gets it to first base. Uh, <laughs> McNulty's got a good arm, but I don't think it. I think he's he's just so clean in the infield that like he's just a shortstop. But I think probably Honeyman. I'd say Honeyman or Deshazo. Actually, Adonis. What am I saying? Adonis is the best arm in college baseball. That kid's absurd. He literally almost got drafted out of high school just because he had such a good arm. That kid. His arm's absurd. Yeah, I mean him. Uh, he was he came on to talk to us, and me and him were you know comparing uh, our pop times. It was pretty similar. So <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that's cool. So that was good. <laughs> Nick was around like, what, four. I think it I think? was. I think his was like one. You took a, you took a second so, to get up. The one that was on perfect game is not ready, so it was one six seven. Yeah, and mine was very close. It was like four six seven. I think. <laughs> so it's like a. Yeah, yeah. It's, a good, it's a good 40 time. I don't know if it's a good pop time. Oh, not yet. That's, that's an average <laughs> well, listen, 40 time. Well, listen. <laughs> listen, that's why they moved me, that's why they moved me to, from catcher to first base. Yeah, right? exactly. So I don't, I don't got to throw too much. Exactly. Lay down the bunt and get the first base. Hey, hey 40. I had one really good throw my senior year. I threw a guy out at the plate. So you know there what? There you go. There you go. Uh, Coach Gambinos didn't get my tape. Which <laughs> so. We got to talk big topics now. Okay. The walkout song. Let's get down to business. What went into that choice? Um... Honestly, how do I put this? Um, (laughs) We're not the most, we're not the best with the music, I'd say, because, um, like, the neighbors complain a lot about our music. Yeah, so we're not allowed to play music very loud, like, Sunday. Oh, during practice? Like, like Sunday games. Um, they not even your walkout song? Like, like Sunday games for BP, what? we have to wait. Like sometimes we'll have like an 11 o'clock start or whatever because of doubleheader or, or they have to travel. And we're not allowed to play music till 10 a.m. on Sundays. So, so when you're warming so up, we, like you don't... Yeah, we yeah. Got, we got, we've had a couple of silent batting practices. Um, <laughs> um, but they... So we have a team chaplain who reviews all the songs and... Apparently this year, like last year he reviewed him, and he was honestly like, like he's a sports guy. So like, although he's a Jesuit, like he played college sports and stuff and he's coached for a while. So like he kind of gets it a little bit. So like last year, the walk-up songs, I think were a little more lenient, but this year, 
uh, his name's Tim. Tim reviewed him, and then I think they went through another person who also reviewed him. So I sent in like three or four. I sent in like three or four and just kept getting texts like, you need a new one. And then that, at that point, I was like, just do, like, let's get down to business and move, we'll move on. I'm kind of over I mean, it. it. works. Yeah, I like yeah, it. I mean, I like it's just like a, like, I've always liked it because of the, like, the Red Sox used it last year in the playoffs and stuff. Um, and it's kind of just like, like, everybody in the stands is going to know it. So What would what have been your first choice? My first choice was Feed the Streets 2 by Roddy oh, Rich. Yes. Um, my boy Brady Day, I played with him this summer. He used it. He plays at Kansas State. And, uh. I thought it was sick, so I, I was going to use that. And then I did Ready, Set, Roll by Chase Rice, which is a country song that still, oh, got, okay. still got denied. Yeah, we're, we're country guys. I don't know how it's, it got denied. You're a country guy. You're a country guy. There it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big country guy, mostly in the summer. But Are you um, like, do you like, are you one of those, I don't know how to say it, there's country fans and then there's like the snobby country fans? Yeah, like, I'm not. Country like, fan and snobby country fans. <laughs> like, like, people will like, be like, oh, you listen to like Luke Combs and more. Yeah. Like, That's not real country. Yeah, Dan Baruch on our team's a big, big um, country critic, I guess you oh, could yeah. say. But uh, I'm, I'm more of just like a, like if it's a good country song, I'll listen to it. Um, I definitely like this, this winter, I was more of like a Zach Bryan vibe, but I like Morgan Wallen's new stuff too. Um, but like, I mean, the music's fine at, at the games. It's just like, it could be a little bit better in my, in my personal opinion. Yeah. I just think it's so weird that like the, like people owning houses around here are allowed to like tell like a top 15 baseball team in the country. Like they can't play. Like that's just like crazy to me. Like, yeah. We, um, I mean, we're not, I mean, obviously we're power five We're ACC. We're new balance sponsored. We're very lucky, but, um, like, we're still not – we don't have, like, the budget as all, like, the other ACC teams do. Like, we're not chartering flights or anything like that. Um, and I think part of the Jesuit value aspect of it is, like, athletes and students are treated the same. Like, we don't – like, all the other schools, they get first-class cho- first class choices, first choice of rooming, all that kind of stuff, um, which is good and great. But, like, we don't really, we don't really need it, like – it doesn't affect us and it's just one of those things that like yeah it would probably make our lives easier but like it's not the end of the world and I think um just the like we love the community around us like we love that there's a seminary and we see the Jesuits and the Franciscans walking around all the time um all the kids from the neighborhood they ride their scooters around and when we take BP they're all on their scooters up on the hill taking all the balls and stuff um, it's just fun to see all that, like people walking their dogs and stuff. So I think, um, especially this year, like where it's the first year, like where we're selling it out, like there's people want to know about BC baseball. People want to come. Um, I think it's just kind of, we're just being ultra respective to like the community and like, yeah, I guess it, you could say it sucks. Like not hearing pop smoke at 9am when you're trying to hit BP, but I mean, there's a time for that, but there's also a time for just, like, just, like, if they're going to complain, like, they're going to complain, so just, like, don't do it. There's just no point. So, obviously, the season's starting to get, you know, we're getting closer and closer to, to the ACCs and, and, you know, regionals and stuff like that. When do you guys sort of lock in at, mm-hmm. and be like, okay, so if we want to go to Omaha – this is what we have to do. Is that something all season or is that something you're going to snap in, in like a week or so and be like, okay, guys, we really, yeah. now we really have to lock it. Yeah, I think, um, I think, so we had coach Jerry York, the hockey, the old hockey coach. He came to our practice um, a couple weeks ago and he said, uh, he gave us the analogy of a microscope and a telescope. So he said his big thing with his team's, and obviously his teams are pretty successful, where they always had, like, the next game, the next practice, whatever, underneath the microscope. So, like, you kind of just maximizing what you're doing in that particular moment that day. But then you also have the telescope, which drives how hard you work on the microscope thing. So, obviously, our telescope analogy would be Omaha um, winning a national championship. But in order to do that, like... We had to beat UMass Lowell last night. We got to have a good practice today, and then we got to have a good game against Clemson tomorrow. So 
it's kind of just always looking at that microscope, having it, um, having the best practice, the best lift, the best whatever you're doing right now, and then all that builds up, and ultimately the goal is Omaha. But I think, honestly, I don't want to speak too soon, but the past couple, the past week after UConn, the vibe has gone from, like, uh, we were talking about it with, uh, it was me, Peter Burns, and a couple other kids, we were talking about it. Um, after the After the Duke series, that Monday, Tuesday, like just the feeling amongst the team, the feeling in the locker room, the feeling of practice felt more like last year than it we had ever felt all this all this year. And it kinda like scared us a little bit and we were like, shit, like we're got we're gonna go going back to that thing, that that freshman year vibe where we were posting on our Instagram story that we're thirteenth in the country and then picking our heads up May twentieth or not in the ACC tournament. Um and, I mean, Pete is one of the best captains I've ever played for in my entire life. And uh, that kid takes foul balls off every single part of his body and tells the umpire not to wipe off the plate because he's got to get his pitcher and his rhythm and stuff like that. So um, I kind of just listened to him, and I was like, what are, you, like, what are we going to do? Like we, this, like, we notice this. It's not okay. And how are we going to change it? And after we got dunked on by UNC, I mean, by uh, UConn. He kind of just brought us in the locker room and said, this is how I'm feeling. If I'm feeling this way, I know most of you probably are. Tell me, just tell me what... He pretty much said what he felt and just said, I don't know what you guys think. Let me hear it. And we kind of all talked about it. We had guys like Flinny talking about playing for the he's like we don't play like I don't care if we win I don't care if we lose he's like the reason I am still playing college baseball when I don't have to be because like he's old, pretty old he's probably not going to get drafted like there's guys three years younger than him that have already played a year or two in the in the big leagues like he's like this is this locker room and this stuff off the field is what you play for. Like we don't play for to so Gambino's record is better. We don't play so that T. Holt and Vance get like a head coaching job somewhere that's better than like be than like a smaller school or stuff like that. Like we're not playing we play for the coaches, yeah, we play, we listen to them and stuff, but we win games for each other and um I think that kind of really settled in. And I think, like, Hank, Henry Leak, he was talking about, he was wearing these, like, goofy-looking glasses. And he was like, he was like, I I wear these every day so that you guys, like, make fun of me, so that, like, I have more fun at the field. Because, like, there was a point this year where I wasn't having fun and I wasn't pitching well. And then I just was like, I'm going to do stupid stuff. Like, I, last year, I, like, pretty much had the yips at third base. Like, I just, I just sucked. And I started wearing a turtleneck to practice every day like I cut the like we get like the turtleneck cold gear and I cut the sleeves off (laughs) and I was wearing a turtleneck under my uniform all fall all spring just like kids were and I wear a stupid headband too and I have like no No, hair I wore a headband when I did it's not the same but yeah I wore a headband it looks sick yeah and I'm just like people are like dude you look like a moron and I'm just like yeah but like I'm having fun and I don't really care anymore and that's that was the big thing is like we kind of started to care a little bit too much about where we were in the rankings, about what people were saying about us, about who was coming to our regional. It's like, guys, we're not. We got a month. We got six weeks left. Like nobody's coming to our regional tomorrow. We gotta finish the season first, and we kind of just completely changed the vibe after UConn, which was pretty cool. Yeah, and looking to turn it around this weekend against Clemson. But you talk about nicknames. You like saying like Hank and mm-hmm. Money. Who's got the best nickname on the team? <sighs> I like Wang Bang. Wang Bang's pretty cool. Oh wait, so we didn't make uh, we didn't come up with that, Nick? <laughs> oh. So I got no, I actually am so disappointed. So we were to call we were calling um the Beanpot final for for the radio. Mm. And obviously Nick Wang hits an absolute tank job 
to win it. Yeah. And he does a he does a great celebration. Yeah. He looks at the dugout, screams at y'all, and we like did the call. And then someone texts or tweets at us, and they're like, and it says Wang Bang. And mm. I was so mad at myself <laughs> for not saying that uh-huh. when he, he hit saw, like, the yeah. whole walk back because Harrington's a walk from where we are in yeah. campus. I, can't, like, I couldn't stop telling like, him. I, yeah. I, said, like, I was like, yeah. that's an incredible thing. Yeah, I it was. I think it started. I think it was the Instagram post. I forget who it was. I mean, we put we posted. It might have been NC State or who did we play at home? NC State, baby, when he hit the two homers on Sunday. It was NC. It was NC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And the, ca- the caption, yeah, the caption yeah, was yeah. double wang bang. Yeah. And ever since then, that's we've been, awesome. We've been yeah. saying wang bang, um, and even um, the Duke shortstop. On that Saturday, it was this was sick. This was actually like storybook. I'm standing on second, and I like I played with I played in the Cape for like a couple of days last year, just at the end of the season because they had a couple injuries, and uh, he was on the team, and I was just like, "What's up? How are you?" And he's like, "His base is loaded. I think we were down by four. and I'm like, "And he's like, "What well, do you got on a wang bang right here?" I'm like, "How the hell do you know what a wang bang is?" <laughs> And Everyone knows now. Next pitch, <laughs> next pitch, double down the line, yep. down by one. And uh, that was pretty cool. But, I mean, Flinny is a good one. Uh, Honeyman's uh, Twitch name is Clipsy, so we call him Clipsy Honey. <laughs> Um, what's he playing? What's he playing on Twitch? What's he doing? Oh, he's he's a streamer. Yeah, oh you yeah, should, you should post a link to his one of his streams. He uh, we have a we have a promotion section at the end of every interview. Like, yeah, ask to promote like yeah, Honeyman. He was a big uh, he was a Fortnite guy in high school. <laughs> freshman year he was <laughs> freshman year it was COD. I forget which COD it was, and then it was the show. Wait, I, th- I think I found him. Hold on. And then it was the COD again, <laughs> and then now he plays the show. But he's a big gamer. He's really good at video games. He would actually. We were talking to Adonis, and Adonis said he could beat anyone on the team in the show. Adonis did. Yeah, yeah I've never seen him play, but uh, knowing Adonis, um, take a, <laughs> take a lot of the things he says with a grain of salt. He's definitely <laughs> he's definitely a confident guy, but I don't know if he could beat anybody. We got some kids that. Like World Series that we're talking, like yeah, Honeyman's yeah. gross, and like Burns is gross. West has had every MLB the show since like 2012. She is. Um, I feel like we could take him. <laughs> who else has a good nickname? Yeah, I mean I'm nice. Like I'm real nice. So. We have, we've missed a, a couple of classes due to MLB the show. We, oh, we, yeah. we kind of post out in yeah. our building with our friends, and we play all day long. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, we we play the show like last year. We would play the show. It would be like field practice, go home, play the show, and then, like all summer, my my summer routine was literally lift, come home, play the show for like three hours, go play a game, come home, play the show for like three hours, go to bed. Like I I was living in like a middle of nowhere. Dude, that sounds like a great summer to me. Yeah, I'm not gonna sick. lie. It was sick. I'd get I'd go to the gym, grab Chipotle, play the show. Go play a game, come back, play the show. Like it was like, you, you were like the be- the most life. fun thing we did was like go to Applebee's every once in a while. Like, <laughs> like that was that was hey, the main. I like that I was, like yeah. Applebee's. That was the main attraction like of the town I was in was just Applebee's. Dude, they got endless apps there. Are you kidding me? That, yeah, half off, half off apps, yeah, two dollar course lights after nine o'clock. <laughs> we got Friday. We just decided to go to the Applebee's and um, or yeah, Dorchester. Uh-huh. And uh, I saw the like endless Applebee's. Or I was like. Let's see how many I can, like, really do here. Yeah. And then after, like, I think I, got to, I was, like, like, eight. She's, like, I'm going to just start bringing you two. Because, like, you're yeah. eating the, like, she's, like, you people usually do three. Because it's $15. Yeah. Like, yeah. Might as well try it. Yeah. I ate, like, 10 or 11. And I was, like, holy boy. Like, that was, <laughs> they yeah. just kicked us out at one point. Because yeah. Because I ate too much. That's that was yeah, it was. A rough morning. No, the, the bathroom was rough the next day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were uh, the biggest attraction. I was in Laconia, New Hampshire. And it was, it was, uh. It was an interesting place, but um, yeah, the half-off apps of the two-dollar course lights were a big attraction for for the for the squad that yeah. summer. It was the only place open past like ten o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> Just get posted by uh, I think we're I think we're wrapping it. Wrapping. I have one up. more like overarching question. Unless anyone else got anything else to say, go get it, Gio. But 
Nick. Thanks, Nick, for the support. I just try to be supportive of he's, it. He's <laughs> very, very positive. We'll yeah, cut this part out. We'll cut this part out. <laughs> maybe. Maybe we cut it out. So I'm going to have to do a little bit of explaining here. I don't know if you're a big NFL fan, mm-hmm. but like there's Hard Knocks, a series way back when. Yep. There's a, when the Ravens were on it. There was uh, I know. It, it, it's gonna talk about the, ra- the Ravens. <laughs> no, not, By the not. way, he's from upstate New York, <laughs> from Westchester. My grandparents are from Baltimore, so they're Ravens fans. There, there you go. Anything about the go. cities upstate? By the way, nice. Okay, <laughs> we'll get into that debate later. It's not, but we'll get into that debate later. By the way, shout out to the New York Knicks. But he talks about not saying, like, not talking about the playoffs until you get there, right? You talked about this a little bit, like, not saying the p word till we get to the playoffs. Are you guys as like is Omaha been mentioned a lot? Like, are you thinking about it? Like, or are you just like you said, like trying to stay within the microscope telescope analogy and just like focusing on every single game? And when you look ahead to your schedule, right? You got teams like Notre Dame on here. You got Clemson this weekend. You got Wake Forest, who's up there in the yeah, ACC. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're okay. <laughs> they're okay, but like, <laughs> yeah, focusing on each practice and. Are you talking like is Omaha been mentioned a lot in terms of like your conversations? Yeah, so I think. Um, a big way that Gam- Coach Gambino runs our team is that he, in the fall, it's like all him, all him and the coaching staff. They are, they are, we play for them in the fall, I, I guess you could say. But then once the spring comes around, he says, I'm hand, like, I'm not touching it. Like, I'm going to do everything I can to give you make you guys the best baseball players, have the best baseball IQ, have the best knowledge of the game as I can, and I'll be here if you need me during the game to ask me a question or something. But he's he's one of the most hands-off in-game coaches that I've seen. Like, we call our own first and third plays. We call our own bunt Ds. We call our own – we can call our own picks. Um, and I think that he trusts our leaders so much because – to be a captain for our team, um, you have to represent everything that we represent, character, toughness, class, integrity. And um, the guys that he that we as a team choose to be our captains, but also like the coaches have input as well, um, he trusts them to keep our heads in the right spot. So like he'll talk about Omaha. Um, he'll talk about the ACC tournament. He'll talk about dogpiling. I mean, he's talked about hosting a regional ever since I was a freshman. Um, And the reason he does that is because he believes in us so much um, that he's, like, like in his head. Like, we have the TV show. I don't know if you guys know. It's, like, the birdball thing on YouTube. Nesson, yeah. And Nesson, yeah. Um, He he says that he knows what the final episode's going to be, meaning... Like in his head, he's already seen a final episode be created of that's us cold. dogpiling that's in Omaha. It's cold as hell. That's but cool. the reason the reason he does that is because he believes in us so much, and and he wants us to believe that much as well. But in re- like, also with that, you have to have the microscope, right? So like, our leadership does a really good job of locking us back in. It's like. Like he'll say, Bino will talk about Omaha for some about something, Omaha hosting a regional, and then um, our leadership will lock us back in. And be like, we can't. Like they'll they'll once he leaves, our leadership also says something, and then they'll say something like, we have, we gotta make the ACC tournament. We gotta we gotta beat whoever we have this weekend. We gotta beat whoever we have in this midweek. We gotta have a good practice, something like that, just to lock us back in on on what it's going to take to get to Omaha because Omaha is is a very hard place to make. Like, you've seen Arkansas. My freshman year, Arkansas was, like, 56-7 and seven or whatever. Something stupid. They didn't make it. They lost the Super Regional at home. Tennessee, I don't even know. If, yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, Tennessee lost to Notre Dame in a regional, in a Super Regional. Like, Ole Miss was a national championship, won the national championship last year. They were number 64 out of 64 to make it to regionals. Like, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, where baseball is one of those sports where, like, I mean, you see it in, like, hockey. Like, it's going to be Michigan. It's like March Madness. Too. Yeah. Like, like, that one, like, 64 yeah. in regionals to go into the Yeah, it's like, yeah. like, in hockey, you're gonna, it's, it's going to be Michigan, Minnesota, St. Cloud State, one of those teams. Um but in baseball, it's literally like 
any given Sunday. Like anybody can win any any night. You got to have your stuff, and even if you have your stuff, like we had, our, we played three of our best games at Louisville, like hands down, and we lost all three. Like stuff doesn't go your way sometimes. Like I was so frustrated after Louisville, I never want to go back there ever again because I I hit a couple balls. I'm like, oh, I just hit a homer, and then I look up, look at the flag, and I'm like, damn, he's camped at the warning track because the wind's blowing in. Like, and then I watched Wake go there the next weekend, flagging lefts, blowing hurricane winds out to left. I'm like, damn, if I played there this weekend, I probably would have had a couple of homers. So it's just one of those things where we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it, but um, we also kind of have to stay locked in on the moment as well. And I think that yeah so just about does it i mean nick do you want to say your line that you every every time we have someone on we always give them a chance at the end to stay in the nil deals they have you've already you've already plugged travis's twitter (laughs) nil deals deals they have or any nil deals they want so now now would be the time to call someone out get your money not a bad one yeah i don't have i don't really have any i we have the one um I have a pretty goofy picture on my Instagram because we had to do the um, the hundred percent glasses we get. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's an NIL deal through the team that we all got. So we all had to sign an NIL deal with them, um, and that's pretty cool. I mean, those glasses are sick. Like Tatis wears them and shit. Like I feel like it. I, like they look goofy on me because I'm like round-headed white dude, but like they look good. Um, I don't really have any, but like. I think, um, like, Viore would be a pretty good one. Lulu would be a pretty good one. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not getting any NIL deals. I got, like, 1,200 followers on Instagram. Y'all, wait, if y'all, listen, if y'all, go, y'all go to Omaha, yeah. things can like change. It. Exactly, yeah. Those glasses, they don't give you ring worm, right? I heard Tati's got a thing for that though. Don't worry. I heard he likes to dance it off now too. <laughs> yeah, he does. You see that video? Yeah. That was awesome. That video was hilarious. That was hilarious. All right, uh, that's all we got. Pat, thanks so much for coming. It's so great to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, Appreciate good luck for the rest of the season. You guys get Clemson this week. That's on Friday at 5:30. Show up and shop.